Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Top Rank Podcast. I'm your host, Rami Rank. Today's guest is really special. We have Jeff Danzer, also known as Jeff the 420 Chef. He's been called the Julia Child of Weed. Culture Magazine named him one of the world's top cannabis chefs. He's also the author of the 420 Gourmet, the Art of Elevated Cannabis Cuisine Cookbook, and the executive chef of Monica's House, and the inventor of Culinary Cannabis and Odorless Smokes. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> Just listening to the introduction, I'm like, phew. <laughs> well, I, look, you've got a lot under your belt. And I'm going to be really honest here that like researching you is a little difficult because you're very mysterious about, you know, everything about you. But there's been little hints and bits all throughout interviews and shows you've done and the stuff you've written. So I want to try to bring it all together in one place today. So I, I love I wanna, uh, So let me just start here. So you started cooking very young, right? Oh, yeah. I was uh, six years old and my mother got me my first cookbook. <laughs> okay, so that okay. First of all, that's amazing because I have a six-year-old, and I can't imagine handing him a cookbook and having him do anything with it. So, like, what type of stuff were you making then when you're when you're that young? Oh my God, I was making the best kids' food ever. I made um cinnamon cinnamon toast. Basically, it's just butter on toast with cinnamon and sugar. That was always my favorite. I made a stuffed celery stick, so the celery with peanut butter, you know, in between, and I started dressing it up with you know some honey or some raisins, some jelly sometimes. I really just haven't had a lot of fun with it. Um, so I was making a lot of kids stuff. Mac and cheese was my big accomplishment at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming that the Food Network was not around yet. So, you know, nobody knew that you were like, you know, out there basically making, you know, appetizers and great meals already just, you know, right off the back as a child. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it wasn't, but at the time there was actually this thing called Recipe of the Month Club. And I hope you know if, you, if you're old enough to remember this, but basically it was these cards that my mom used to get in the mail, these big recipe cards, and they fit into a big box. And every month you got a, a stack of cards. I would literally go through those cards when she got them and just <laughs> browsing through them like, oh, this is good. This is good. I want to make this, you know. So and I was really young when I was doing that. That's amazing, man. So, do, so you just kept cooking them throughout your entire childhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I got to college and I realized that there's no good food in college, I bought a hot plate for my dorm room. I bought a whole little kitchen set for my dorm room. <laughs> I was really cooking for myself, my roommates, and my friends, you know, all throughout college. So did you basically have like the most popular dorm at that point? Because I mean, like, you know, if the choices are going down and getting like, you know, stale donuts at the commissary or coming up to your place and getting, you know, Chateaubriand, I feel like I'm going there. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I even started cooking with cannabis back then, you know, really? and it, but very different. I mean, I literally did the way everybody else did it. You know, it was that danky, really gross taste, you know, that you, know, you just throw your weed into butter or oil and make a can of butter. And then you make cookies and stuff or brownies. And it would, they tasted pretty bad, but they got everybody pretty, you know, pretty stoned and everyone loved it at the time. And I think that was really the real nugget, the precursor of what got me to where I am, you know, today. And in between that, and when I, we started cooking with cannabis, I was in the fashion industry. I wasn't even uh, in the culinary industry at all. I was just a cook. People love my food and stuff. Um, I only really became a chef when I came up with this um, uh, way to create very light tasting and tasteless can of butter and can of oil. And all these chefs started reaching out to me. An article came out in 2014 in the Daily Beast saying, meet the Julia Child of Weed. Basically, telling everyone that I came up with this crazy way to take out the cannabis taste from butter and oils. And all these chefs started reaching out to me and said, how do I do that? I said, I'll teach you how, how to make a light version of what I do. Cause I can't teach my tasteless version that, you know, we're bringing to market now. But um, at the time I was like, I'll teach you my light tasting version, but you got to teach me skills. And I taught several very well-known chefs how to do what I do. And in return, they taught me a lot of skills. And all of a sudden one of them's 
you know, yelled out to me, hey, chef. And I said, did you say chef or Jeff? Because chef, you are a chef and you've got to own that. And I was like, holy cow. I'm like, why? How am I a chef? I'm just not a cook. He said, first of all, you cook really well, but that's besides the point. Your techniques are flawless. And on top of that, you're teaching guys like me how to do something that we've never even thought of doing before in the kitchen. So you are definitely a chef and an educator. And one thing led to the next. And I literally, you know, followed that path. Yeah. I mean, because that's amazing to me because I look at some of your stuff and I think the biggest thing that separates, you know, your work from, you know, most of the other stuff that I see out there is that, you know, the food that you cook are truly works of art. I mean, you know, on your Instagram page, you just posted this beautiful apple, you know, rose that you had made. And I I mean, I swear to you, I was looking at them like, this this is incredible. So, you know, I want to, like, my first question was, you know, did you go to culinary school? And uh, apparently not. You're just purely self-taught on all of this, aren't you? Yeah, I would say self-taught and mentored by some really great chefs. I mean, you know, you know, when you're in the kitchen and you're going through my process, there are time lags in between. And we would just cook. We would just cook together. You know, I learned how to cut an onion from a very famous chef. You know, I would just cut and cut. He's like, no, that's not how you cut an onion. You know, and I wish they could say who these chefs are, um, you know, because uh, unfortunately I can't. I signed NDAs and cooking with cannabis is still, you know, I guess one of those things that people are kind of frowning upon in certain areas. But I will tell you that I was on Tyler Florence's podcast as a, really? as a uh, you know, as a cannabis chef. And, uh, you know, that was pretty big. And I never cooked with Tyler, but just being on his podcast and having those props to be on there as a chef really made me feel great. Nice. Well, let me, I want to step back for a second because, you know, there's a story that you've told in the past where, you know, when you were in college, you had an edible that just completely laid you out. And so, <laughs> so, I mean, here, here's the two questions. I mean, were you like, did you smoke a lot back then or were you just experimenting? Cause I mean, it sounds like you had like like edibles were a regular thing. So was this just out of nowhere that this happened? No, you know, I'll tell you. So um, cannabis, when I was in college, when I was in high school, like everybody else, I was having a great time experimenting with it. And we decided that we were going to do these crazy brownies. And um, I didn't know what the potency was. I had no clue. We just took as much weed as we possibly could. I'm going to say we probably took a half an ounce of weed. Oh and God. Yeah, and a, and a box of brownie mix. And, you know, I made like my can of, a can because you when you make brownies, you make oil, you know, and I made a very little bit of oil with a lot of weed <laughs> and it was super potent. And I can only tell you that it was, a, I'm going to say that that was about 150 milligrams. I could not move for three days. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I literally like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I didn't even know if I was coming or going. You know, it was a really terrible experience. But from that experience, I learned the importance of dosing. And I didn't really set out to do the whole dosing thing uh, or to really, you know, come up with something called layer of microdosing, which is something I pioneered uh, until I was cooking for um, a family member who uh, was diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer. And also my, one of my best friend's moms who was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And both of them were, you know, pretty much, you know, they didn't have that much time and they were trying to medicate number one to strengthen their body because they wanted to eat, but they couldn't eat because they were nauseous. You know, so cannabis is a way to, you know, obviously gives you the munchies, if you, you know, and especially if, you, well, if you're not having a THCV strain, which is a strain that um, basically inhibits your appetite, but most strains just have THC in them. So if you make a great tasting edible, that they'll be able to eat it. The challenge was the edibles when I first started out cooking for them, um, were just like everybody else's. They had that really herbaceous, weedy taste to them. And they couldn't even get that first bite down. It was so terrible tasting to them. Some people like the taste, others don't, and they specifically didn't. So I was challenged to figure out how to take out the taste. 
um, and also how to figure out how to dose it properly so that I didn't send anybody overboard. Yes. So, you know, all those experiences really got me, you know, I mean, I, by experiencing that one thing and knowing what overdose, not overdosing, but dosing too much cannabis, you know, feels like, you know, and the fact that you just can't even function for two or three days if you have too much is not something that I wanted to give these people. So I wanted to do, you know, a bunch of cookies where they could have five chocolate chip cookies if they wanted, and each cookie might be two milligrams. That's a 10 milligram serving. That's enough to get them feeling good. And it's enough to get them their appetite going so they can eat more stuff. And if they really like the way the cookie tastes, they'll eat one and they may stop for a while because they're not feeling so well. But all of a sudden they want to eat another one, you know, an hour later and it starts titrating up and all of a sudden they have their appetite and they can eat. <clears throat> so, you know, we, we have I, I did that. And then the other part was, you know, obviously, you know, by taking out the taste, it helped them eat the cookies. So let me ask you, were they the ones who came to you and said, look, we know that, you know, you're this great cook and everything. Can you make this stuff for us because we don't want to smoke? Or did, were you going to them saying, look, maybe this is something that I can do. And you're just offering that at that point. Um, it was one of each. So my, my best friend's mom, I offered because obviously, you know, I didn't want to just say, here, have some cookies. You know, yeah. I think it was okay. On the other side of it, um, one of my sons, actually my middle son, who's now president of our company. Um, Jared came to me and said, you know, dad, you know, he can't stomach the taste. Um, he really, you know, you've got to, you got to figure out how to take that out. So between the two of them telling me that they didn't like that taste in the edibles and they love my cookies and stuff. I mean, literally my people love my cookies and brownies and all the other stuff I used to make. I just, but these just tasted terrible because they had that taste in it. So it took me quite a while to figure it out. It actually took me a year and a half. Um, unfortunately, um, neither one of them got to experience the taste truly tasteless version of it um but when i came up with the tasteless version i thought i messed up because i i made a batch of cupcakes and all the and i, I ate one of my cupcakes like i don't taste any weed in it so i totally must have messed up and this is at about 10 o'clock at night living in new york city on wall street just experimenting you know whatever and all of a sudden i find myself in my sweats wearing my my flip-flops and a torn t-shirt standing and in CVS snack aisle, you know, I, it was actually yeah, Dwayne Reed in the snack aisle of Dwayne Reed. And I'm like, why am I here? And why am I supposed to get? And then I'm like, oh my God, I did it. I figured that was my eureka moment. Like I totally figured out how to do this. How many years did that take you to figure that out? A year and a half. That And was it just constant trial and error, you know, throughout yeah, that yeah. time? Yeah, I, I was obsessed with it. I, I researched that plant up the wazoo to find out what all the compounds in the plant are, you know, um, you know, what they do, uh, you know, what their solubility is, you know, I mean, there's just so much about it. And then I figured out that there's certain compounds in the plant that um, will impart taste and odor. And the big part of that is called are the terpenes and the terpenes are the essential plant oils and flavonoids. And I said, you know, if there's a way to take those out, that would be really great. And then in doing more research, I realized that those terpenes literally are so volatile that they burn off between 100 and 200 degrees. And when you're cooking something, even when you're making can of butter or can of oil, you're usually doing that between 200 and 212 degrees. And when you're cooking and baking, you're doing it at 350 or higher, right? So you're definitely burning off the uh, terpenes. And I said, holy shit, that taste everybody's tasting in their edibles is burnt terpenes. So if there's a way for me to and, and burn chlorophyll and burn flavonoids, et cetera. So if there's right. a way to take out all those different elements, 
and at the same time preserve the plant matter and preserve the trichome that houses the THC and CBD, I might have something pretty great there. And I figured out a way how to do it. It took me a long time. It's a very arduous process because each compound requires something different. And you always have to make sure that you maintain the integrity of the plant, right? So when you look at my bud, it looks like bud. It's just missing all that other stuff in it. I mean, it's kind of amazing because like, look, I, I cook, I bake, you know, I'm very proud. I make a nice sourdough. I make cookies. I, I make plenty of stuff. But what, what you're talking about is like on the molecular gastronomy level. I mean, this is yeah. like, you know, what people study for 10, 15 years and you figured it out in a year and a half. So, I, I mean, you know, to an extent, I mean, you're you're like a wee, you know, cooking prodigy. It, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll tell you, you know, the cool thing is that once I figured that out and I started you're right. It is molecular gastronomy. And I've done a lot, a lot of research into that, you know, and specifically when it comes to botany and molecular gastronomy and understanding plants, understanding ingredients and stuff. And I, I'm obsessed with it um, to the point where I actually now, again, without using any chemicals or additives, this is pure molecular gastronomy. I'm able now to take that same bud that is tasteless and odorless that I create my butters and oils with to create products like herb. In other words, it's, it's cannabis that tastes exactly like any herb I want, for example, right. oregano. And then you can sprinkle that oregano on your pizza. And since it's been fully decarbed and it's edible, you can eat it and it will get you high. So we've got a whole uh, herbal and spice line that's coming out soon as well. Oh, that's very cool. So now, yeah. uh, okay, so let me just take one more step back. So after these initial forays, then you start doing these parties of like cooking for, you know, is it just friends? Is it, you know, people contacting you or how, how did these start happening? Uh, it started out with just a few friends. I was made, doing small dinner parties. Mm -hmm. uh, then I was cooking for somebody <clears throat> who was really well connected uh, in the entertainment industry. And he introduced me to a few celebrities. And before I know it, I'm doing these crazy parties for celebrities that 99% of them I can't talk about because of NDA. But the big one that I can talk about and the one that I'm very grateful for was Kate Hudson's 40th birthday party where I did the desserts for her 40th birthday party. And the only reason I can talk about that is because E online outed us and said, Oh, and the desserts were by Jeff, the 420 chef. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Now. It, so were you just doing desserts or were you, you were doing the full meals though? Right. And was it yeah, all infused? I do full meals. You know, most of the time I'll do a full meal. You know, the, my, my biggest event is the um, NorCal Canna Cuisine honoring the top figures in the cannabis industry. And we had over 200 people that I cooked for um, for that. So that was pretty amazing. That was full five courses with um, infused drinks. I mean, it was pretty awesome. And there's even a video that CVS did about it, which was, was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but usually I'll do like smaller dinner parties anywhere from eight people to 24, 25 people. Um, and then, of course, we do events as well. You know, we did a huge event on 420 uh, for Akiva, um, not this 420, but but last year we did a whole Willy Wonka. Um, the way we, we literally took, you know, those uh, items, all those, you know, really fun candy items and the Willy Wonka experience. And we and we recreated them and um, we um, put them out there in a whole Willy Wonka land. So you had like an everlasting, you know, bud stop, stopper or something. And stuff like that. We did the mushroom. We did cake pops that looked exactly like the mushrooms and stuff. And it was really neat. It was really cool. That's so cool, man. So now, hold on. I want to know that this is true because what I read is that you did these parties for free. Um, so I, it's not that I did them for free per se. Okay. But legally, because we were not allowed to, I'm not allowed to sell my cannabis infusions. Right. Okay. I mean, now that we're opening up a dispensary and we're also opening up a processing center, I can do that stuff now. 
But mm-hmm. when we do dinner parties, dinner parties are still not legal. So the only way that you can do this legally is for someone to give me their cannabis. I have to take their cannabis and for free make them can of butter or can of oil. So ultimately what happens is somebody who I'm working with is going to give me bud, right? Um, we discuss what kind of bud you know, they should be giving me because it really depends on certain factors as to the effect that it's going to have on the guests, right? They're going to give me their bud and then I'm going to create for them can of butter or can of oil or even sometimes tinctures uh, in order for me to be able to cook with them. Then I give it back to them and it's free. They can, they don't have to hire me. They can just keep that on their own and that's it. But then they'll hire me for, let's okay. say, a dinner party. And that dinner party, they give me their ingredients. So if their ingredients, as part of their ingredients, they'll give me whatever we made for them. And then we'll use that to use their meal. Uh, yeah, see, because I, I read that original statement and I, I was thinking to myself and I was like, you know, I, I've got an MBA and... Uh, you know, I've been working in business for a while and generally um, revenue is needed. And so I wasn't really sure how that was working out. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so thank you, you for at, at the beginning, I did a lot. I did do a lot of it for just the cost of whatever the groceries were, whatever, you know, because I was just starting out. I didn't really know how to do this. I mean, now it's been six years and we've got a full fledged business doing it. But back then I did do a lot of basic, you know, whatever cost of the ingredients, you know, that's fine. If you want to give me a couple bucks at the end. You know, to give me a tip, that's great. But that's how it all started, actually. And so were you still living in New York and working in the fashion industry at this point? When I all of this was, was going and on? I kept flying back and forth to California and Colorado. I actually flew to Colorado to do um, a dinner with Margaret Cho and Kevin Pereira for a show called Super Into oh. Cannabis, or Super Into Marijuana, whatever, which is like, which was televised, whatever. It's like a really fun, it's a really fun one. But I was traveling all over the place in legal states, but I couldn't do it in New York. Got it. All right. So then when do you, uh, is it, is it 2014 then at that point you say, okay, I'm done with fashion. This is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. This is, this is my true passion. This is my true objective. And you move out to LA to just yeah, start yeah, up Yeah, pretty then? much. Um, so I'm going to say 2015, because I think the article came out, me the joy child of the weed. I think it was November, 2014. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, this really is something. And all of a sudden Newsweek reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to do a four page spread on you. I said, really? Yeah, they said, you know, we're doing something called We 2.0. I said, okay, great, let's do that. And it was it was so successful that between the Daily Beast and um, uh, Newsweek magazine, and at the same time, I also had um, Elite Daily wanted to film me in a dispensary in Oakland um, to do, you know, this this whole walkthrough and then a dinner for this dinner party that I was doing in Oakland for some people. Um, I was like, oh my God, this is the universe telling me we're giving you an option right now. Your lease is almost up. You're not happy doing what you're doing in the fashion industry. I mean, I was in the fashion industry for over 30 years, right? It was too much. I had just gone mm-hmm. through, you know, some crazy, um, you know, legal battles with my ex-wife. And I'm just like, you know what? This is the universe telling me it's time for you to leave New York and do something else. And we're giving you on a silver platter everything you need to move to either Colorado or California and, and do this. And I, I remember, you know, having that thought after listening to, um, and Anthony Robbins tape, he said, if you want to know what your life's purpose is, think about what you do when you're bored. And I always knew that I was cooking, love cannabis, now cooking with cannabis. I'm like, oh my God, this must be my life's purpose. I went running into my best friend's apartment at two o'clock in the morning. She was sitting with her boyfriend on the couch. You know, I'm ringing the doorbell like crazy. I said, I know what I'm going to do with my life. I said, I'm done with fashion and I'm going to be a cannabis chef. And she said to me, that's exactly what you're going to do. And I was yes, that's exactly. Nice. I told my kids the next day, my kids were all like, perfect. It's exactly what you have to do because they could see, you know, how obsessed I was with it and how, how I was into it. 
And everything was all just the universe is opening up and giving me everything I needed to make it happen. That's pretty amazing, man. And I got to ask you, just like, you know, internally beyond just being, you know, grateful, does it just blow your mind that you're getting like all of this attention, you know, out of no, I mean, as you say, you put 30 years of your life into fashion and then all of a sudden your hobby just explodes. I mean, like to, to, to a national <laughs> recognition, which is really, truly. Yeah. Amazing. You know, it does blow my mind. I mean, I thank God every second of every day because he's blessed me with this brain that has come up with like culinary cannabis, right? When I was just explaining to you, odorless and tasteless cannabis smokes, which we can talk about in a second, um, or actually odorless smokes that have a great taste. Um, and then also this, you know, culinary cannabis oils and butters and, and being able to work with all these celebrities and stuff and get out there in a major way. I'm like, oh my God, like, wait a second. You're giving me all the tools I need. I've got the toolbox. And now I'm the executive chef of Monica's House, which is going to be the world's first edible-centric cafe that's opening up in here in West Hollywood. No, I was going to say, I watched I watched your interview in the walkthrough of Monica's House, which is, I mean, I'm excited. I cannot wait for that place to be open. Um, but let me ask you, I want to go to your cookbook, you know, the, the 420 Gourmet. So one of the things that, like, I feel like it, you really differentiate yourself in that most edibles that like, you know, I've tried and I use, and I, I use edibles. I, I have a uh, little uh, chocolate that I have every night before bed because look, my background is I work in the entertainment industry. And for me, it's like, it's 12 to 14 hour work days. And so there's no time for your mind ever to rest. And what I found was that I would come home at night. I utterly exhausted. I'd fall asleep at like, you know, 11 o'clock or midnight and then wake up at 3am with my mind racing and could not fall back to sleep after that. So I got myself the recommendation, but I'm not a great smoker. So when I would smoke, I would just, you know, cough and hack and hack and hack. And it was miserable. And then, you know, I discovered the edibles and now it's just, you know, a little piece of the bar, 10 milligram dose before I go to bed, I sleep like a baby at night. So, you know, I'll just, you know, shorten that with what you're doing is God's work. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I seriously, so thank you for your contribution. But anyway, go. I, I started a cookbook, which I feel like one of the big differentiators with you is that most of the edibles that I see are really based around desserts, but you've gone and you've combined, you know, two very communal things. The, the first one is, you know, just experiencing cannabis, which has always been communal because you're never standing around with, you know, everybody has their own joint. It's one joint that you pass around among a group usually. And you've combined that with, you know, just eating a full meal, breaking bread with others. And it's, it's very natural. Was that, you know, um, was that part of your plan or was it just, here's all these recipes that you can do, but you've created this wonderful experience in doing so. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, you know, the cookbook was another one of those amazing things that God blessed me with. Like literally within three months, I had a cookbook deal with Harper Collins, you know, to do this cookbook. And my entire goal and mission has been to make the cannabis consumption experience simple and easy for everyone mostly through edibles, but also now through smoking, etc. Why do I say that? Because it's daunting. A lot of people are afraid to cook with cannabis. And a lot of people are afraid, number one is, how is it going to taste? How potent is it going to be? How is it going to affect me? And, and my guests, you know, when's it going to kick in? You know, how much is in each serving? There's like so many questions people have that it's so overwhelming, they usually don't do it. And if they do do it, it's usually someone that's going to, you know, throw, you know, a bunch of weed into a crock pot, you know, um, with butter or oil and leave it overnight and make this really thank you butter oil. And then not knowing how much to use or how potent their oil and butter is, they're going to make some edible and it's going to be super crazy potent and not taste too great. And it, it was just like, it's, it's just something that people who are serious about food and cooking with cannabis, there was no way to teach them how to do it, you know? So this cookbook was my first step to say, okay, let me first show you how to make 
I really like tasting can of butter or can of oil. So at least your edible is going to taste good, right? Then let me tell you through mm-hmm. the cookbook how to use it in a recipe so that your uh, so that your edibles are dosed properly. And then let me show you how to figure out just how much of a butter or oil to use to accurately dose each serving of your edible so that when you're serving it to your guests, you can say, oh, this is only two and a half milligrams. It'll make you feel like you had maybe half a glass or a glass of wine, right? So there's different ways that, you know, and this cookbook literally was the only one so far in the entire um, space that explains all that. And on top of that, tells you in each recipe just how potent each serving of each thing you make in that cookbook is. So if you look, I don't know if you have a cookbook there, but if you look in the cookbook, there's a sidebar that says if you use, you know, a 15% strain, 20% strain or 25% strain, and you make eight servings, this is how many milligrams each one of the servings is going to, is going to be. And because most strains are in between 10 and 15 or 15 and 20. And if they're going higher, you can always titrate up. And if you really want to know, you know, the most accurate way to do it is if you don't want to do longhand calculations that are in my cookbook, you can just go to my website and I have a THC calculator, which is really easy to use. So again, it goes back to that whole mission of making the cannabis consumption or the edible experience simple and easy for everyone. I know a lot more people can do it. I love it. So let's talk about, you know, uh, culinary cannabis and the oil ah. with smokes, because that's, that's your latest thing. And th- th- this to me is amazing because look the odor of the smokes is always one of those things why it's like you know i don't have a joint in the house because i don't want my kids coming down the next morning and smelling that and then i have to you know start explaining Mm -hmm. to them you know what's going on um or or just you know leaving the smell around the house so how how does that come about oh so i love this so so what happened was when i was going when i was going through the process and i realized that i was making this cannabis before i was even infusing it into my butter and oil um when I came up with a way to make it completely odorless and tasteless and still potent, I was like, wow, I wonder if I can smoke this. So I rolled it up and I smoked it and I got super high. I was like, holy cow, this really is good stuff. But it was. <laughs> That's a real stoner mood of like, like, oh, I wonder yeah, if I can yeah, smoke yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, oh my God, like, Whoa. you know, but so I, I smoked it and I got super high, but it tasted horrible. It was a terrible tasting thing. So I you know what? I uh-huh. wonder if I can flavor this, but I don't want to add flavoring to it. I didn't want to add in any oils. I didn't want to add in, you know, anything that was foreign to the plant, but still I want to figure out how to flavor it. And I'm like, you know what? I think I might be able to work with anything that off gases to make it flavored. So I invented this little contraption that if you put in something that's pungent, like oregano or like clove or like mint, right? Anything that's pungent. If I put a stack, actual of clove inside one side of my this little contraption that I invented. And if I put uh, my cleaned cannabis that's odorless on the other side of this contraption, by the next morning, the off-gassed, whatever's in there, let's say it's clove, the air has been forced into the cannabis. The cannabis then has absorbed the odor and flavor of the clove without there being any clove in it. That's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating. So we so we did that. We rolled it up, smoked it, and it tasted exactly like a clove cigarette. You realize you are basically a scientist. I mean, that, that's. <laughs> <where you're at. laughs> I guess I guess I'm sort of like I, I don't know what the word is. I don't like the word. I don't like to use the word hack. But I feel like you know people compare me to the to the scientist in Back to the Future. Just this crazy guy doing crazy. Things. You know. I, I mean, I'll, I'll call you a bud biologist. I mean, that that's that's I what love you're that doing. bud biologist. I love that. It's funny because the CEO of the um, West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce when they were. I'm speaking to the um, 
Um, yeah, when you're speaking to the West Hollywood, um, what do they call that, uh, chamber? Not the Chamber of mm-hmm. Commerce, but the West Hollywood, I would get Business Affairs Committee, whatever. Right. She got up there, all I can say is like, he's our math scientist and we love him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I felt so good about that because, you know, they're all acknowledging the fact that, you know, now we have like uh, over five different flavors of pre-rolls that look Ooh. like ones. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let me show you what it looks like. Sure. I don't know if you get a video of this or not, but at least you can see it and you can tell your viewers um, what you're seeing. But this is actually yeah. a clove pre-roll. Oh, that's beautiful. You see that little that, tip on the other end? That's really nice right there. Yeah. So it really looks like um, it looks like a blunt, but it's yeah. not owned. And um, we wrap it with pure hemp. So it's not mm-hmm. even paper, but it's like hemp leaf that we wrap it in. It's oh, gorgeous. It smokes so well. And it tastes just like a cool cigarette. But when you blow out the smoke, here's the beauty of it. There's zero cannabis odor and a very faint clove odor. So a lot of people don't like the, the, the smell of cloves. So it's a very faint odor and dissipates quickly. So if you're living, let's say, in an apartment building and you can't smoke weed, you can smoke one of these and nobody will know the difference. Because they allow cigarette smoking, but they don't allow weed smoking. You know? so can you, can you buy these, these now? Are these, are these available like, you know, to, to get at this point? In July, we're manufacturing starting first week in June, uh, packaging, testing, and everything. It'll be uh, available in dispensaries in Southern California and Northern California starting in July. All right. We're going to talk about a list of the dispensaries that I go to, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, it's at one of these places. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. Let's do it. You know, as many as we can get. And on top of that, we also I also figured out if I take it, if I take it one step further in my process, I can do it and make it edible so that you can actually eat the flour as if it's an herb like oregano, okay. and you can sprinkle it on your pizza, and it'll taste and smell just like oregano. And you can actually, and you can hide from a 20 milligram. I mean, depending on the strain we use, um, we're now at 20 milligrams a teaspoon, but I've done it where it's been 60 milligrams a teaspoon. Um, so you could really just sprinkle it based on how, how many milligrams it does and how it makes you feel, right? So we have no oregano. We have rosemary jane, tastes like rosemary. We mm-hmm. have... Um, uh, let's see, hazy thyme, buzz thyme, basil, and I just came up with something called cinnamon man, which tastes exactly like cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, it, I, I mean, truly, like this is incredible. So now, Monica's house. Oh, I, I guess. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, because it, it's going to come best out of you know from your own words, and I want to hear what's going on with it now, because obviously, you know, things are slightly changed due to Corona in the world. Yeah, yeah. So Monica's house is going to be the first world, the world's first cannabis edibles cafe, um, and you'll be able to order. Where I'm, we're, we're working with five different restaurants that are all touching our space. One's right next door, one's right behind, one's across the street, one's vegan, one's Italian, one's Japanese. So we're going to be working. Well, we also have you know um, comfort food as well um, coming in from other kitchens that I'll be collaborating with the chefs on to bring uh, the recipes that we collaborate on into our space totally non-infused. But then when you order, for example, a pizza, you'll be able to order either a two and a half, five or 10 milligram packet of example, our no oregano, and you can sprinkle that on your pizza. But let's say you're there with, you know, two or three friends. You want to infuse at five milligrams. Another friend wants to infuse at 10 milligrams. And another one friend doesn't want to infuse at all. That's fine. You get that pizza, you share it. Each one of you gets your own little packet of the herb. You sprinkle it on your pizza or you don't sprinkle it on your pizza and you're good to go. So it just makes it an experience for everybody. It's a gorgeous spot. Um, the backyard is like an oasis out of uh, 
Thailand, <laughs> dropped in from Thailand with, you know, have waterfalls and koi ponds and, you know, secret cabanas and, and a whole tropical garden back there. It was designed by um, an amazing architect and designer named Thomas Schuess. Um, it's currently his design space. He's one of the investors in Monica's house. He's a wonderful person who is incredibly talented. And what he's putting together for the inside of that space, when we can finally start building, you know, once this whole Corona thing, um, you know, lifts, uh, is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, so far, people have seen in the backyard, they're all getting ready. We're having little events back there before COVID, and people are just going gaga over it. So are, is the dispensary portion of that open at this point, or is nothing open yet? How, what, what state is it in right now? Yeah, so right now, everything's on hold. Everything, you know, um, that hasn't been completed or had been opened as a dispensary has to stop. So we're on hold with that. But we ended up, uh, it was good for us. We ended up pivoting our business model. Um, initially, Monaco's house is going to be the first and only place for six months that you'd be able to get our free leaf product. So our culinary cannabis and our odorless smokes are under a brand called free leaf cannabis. Mm-hmm. Because it's you have all compounds, odor and taste, and it's free to smoke or eat anywhere you want, however you want, right? Um, so uh, we decided that we really wanted to get this out sooner than later. So we got very lucky, um, hooked up with a fantastic uh, manufacturing space in Van Nuys. Um, we you know, got onto their license with them, and now we're actually going to be processing starting first week in June. So we'll have the odorless smokes and the culinary cannabis in dispensaries um, in California uh, starting in July. That's awesome, man. That's absolutely awesome. Now, I have to ask you about uh, one other thing, which is is something that I read. Do you still do pot Shabbat with your family? I do. I do. Every once in a while, we'll do it. And let me tell you, this whole COVID thing has really been more pot Shabbats than not. (laughs) And you kind of get it. Because when you're literally holed up together and you're always together, you kind of need something to like make sure that sitting around that dinner table it just it just makes it nicer you know everybody's in a much calmer nicer more you know funny boisterous type mood um it just makes it better for everybody i love that that's like i come from a jewish family and you know shabbat you know was a, my dad's a rabbi shabbat was always a big thing growing up for us you know every friday it's like we knew that that was like the one time we were all together so the fact that you you know mixed cannabis into it is kind of amazing and were, were your parents already into cannabis or did you have to sell them on this idea so funny. My parents were those parents that you stay away from that plant, you know, when I was growing up and I, I want to grow in the backyard. Like you can't, my dad was so adamantly against it. Then when I moved back to LA, I actually moved into the back house behind their house. I don't have to worry about rent or anything. And I could really focus on my business. And, um, you know, I would keep making stuff in there and then I'd bring it to them in the house. And I'd say, Hey, you guys might want to try this for your aches and pains. And at first started with CBD, you know, and they're like, well, the CBD is kind of helping, but not really. I said, well, if you really want to make it healthy, you've got to mix in some TEC with that. And they're like, you know, like, ah, yeah, all right, let's try it. You know, that was the beginning of it all. I mean, as soon as I made them a batch of brownies that they loved um, with THC and CBD in them, all of a sudden the THC components started increasing, <laughs> you know, and the CBD is obviously still there as well, but they really love it, you know. And now because, you know, literally, I mean, I'm walking distance from, from my kitchen to their house. It's like right there. Whenever I make stuff like today, I'm actually making beef wellington for a um uh for a, a tournament that i'm in on instagram and it's oh. an infused beef wellington and i'm also making for vegetarians a beef wellington which is really cool but i can tell you that i ain't eating the whole thing my parents are going to definitely be enjoying that so <laughs> <laughs> i love it man i love it um 
All right. Well, I mean, Jeff, this was fantastic. It was really an absolute pleasure having you here today. If you'd like to learn more about Jeff or buy his book, you can go to his website, www.jeffthe420chef.com. Again, that's www.jeffthe420chef.com. There's also an awesome THC calculator on there for when you're making your own edibles. That way you don't overdose and you can do proper dosing. You can also follow him on Instagram at jeffthe420chef. Again, that's at jeffthe420chef. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If you have any questions or would like to share a story, please feel free to email me at info at the top Again, that's info at the top Don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss out on the latest episodes as I keep exploring amazing lives of interesting people. Thanks again, everyone. Please stay safe and healthy.